What's up, Redemption? How you doing? John Hendricks here, as always, welcoming you to episode number 23 of the Threshing Floor podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to be welcoming in Andy Fish, who is going to be the new owner of Your Turn Games, which will be official in June. But we're going to talk to him and let him kind of introduce himself to the community and kind of give his plans for the future of the business of Your Turn Games. And we'll get right into it. So thanks for being here. All right. Thank you so much for joining for another episode of The Threshing Floor. John Hendricks here as always. And we are joined by the new owner of Your Turn Games. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing great, John. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining. And uh, we, we plan to uh, go over your background as part of the larger conversation here tonight. So we'll, we'll just skip right into the recent news and things that we have that we normally do at this point. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, John. Yep. So this week we have some new content from the community. If you guys haven't seen it already, I'm pretty sure that everyone is aware of the Widow combo that has made its rounds and is being... I guess, exploited in the Lackey Grand Prix for less than stellar players to make it to the top table like yours truly. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure that I would have been there playing a standard deck, but here we are. JD, who is Let Us Pray on Discord, posted a video on YouTube of the deck and with his matchup with John Early. So if you haven't seen that, you can go and see kind of how it works and how it locks down the opponent and... A new twist, he's actually added Invoking Terror to kind of manipulate the opponent's heroes in their territory. So it's a pretty nasty and brutal combo deck. So if you want to see how that works, you can go and do that. Also, friend of the podcast, Elder Tyler Stevens, posted a video, and I guess he mentioned that he was going to do this in the future was take some of his decks and actually work through some goldfish hands with those and show how the decks are supposed to operate. And he has one where he's able to get multiple uses out of Plague of Hell. And you can go and find that on YouTube. I think he posted it in the deck building channel. I'm not 100% sure, but it is on Discord somewhere. And then we have a new unboxing video from our friend in New York, Rob M. Studios, that you can go and check out. I have not personally seen it all the way through yet, so I don't know what the ultra rare was. I only watched the first like five minutes of it. And then we have a mention of playtesters' accounts of what the most significant card is to them. Gabe mentioned that he was going to be taking feedback from playtesters and putting those into some articles for Land of Redemption. And again, he wanted to specify that not what is your favorite card or what is the best card, but what is most significant. So it could be a card that they had some impact on the wording of the ability or just one that was significant during playtesting for them. So Andy, out of, out of this new content from the community, what do you think is, is something that you're most interested in seeing if you haven't, haven't seen all this? Yeah. Yeah. I have not, uh, I've not got to watch all the content yet. I am definitely going to check it all out. I'm really excited about, uh, all the new content constantly being created by the community. I think it's so cool. Um, I'd have to say, if I had to pick, um, probably the uh, the article that they're going to do for GOC about the cards that are most significant uh, to the folks involved in designing. I'm, I'm really curious to hear 
uh, everybody's perspective on those, uh, kind of what their takeaways were. So, um, but I will, I will intend to check out all of this. Um, <laughs> take me a little bit, but, but I look forward to checking it all out. Yeah. The community lately has been doing a really good job of putting more content than you can consume in a short amount of time. It used to be that like, okay, well, I'm bored at work. I don't have anything to do. Now it's like, there's always something that's engaging, but I'm definitely looking forward to those articles as well. I think anytime that we can get a peek behind the curtain of what goes on in play testing. And I know that I think there's a lot of, a lot of opinions that are based on things that come out that are broken as far as like, you know, like the widow combo that that's currently a thing, even though GOC cards are not technically legal yet. It's something that did make it through playtesting last year, you know, when it was found that love at first sight existed. And I think we focus a lot on kind of just the, the wow things are like, how did this get through? But then all the work that goes into it. And every time you can see behind the curtain and see the amount of work that goes into it and, and the dedication from everyone who is a volunteer to make sure that we have good balanced sets that come out. I definitely like getting the perspective from them firsthand. So that'll be interesting to read once those articles are posted on land of redemption. Yeah, that's a great point, John. It, I can only imagine the countless hours that are spent designing the cards and play testing and putting all those together and just amazing GOC phase one. Um, one of my good friends, Brandon Swango, has a, a binder of cards and I was flipping through the other day and, you know, I've looked at them all individually. I've looked at the images online and, you know, I've got my own uh, set of cards from GLC, but just flipping through the binder, just the artwork on those cards and just the design elements. I mean, just so cool. So cool. So such a great job by the elder team and the play testers, everybody involved. And yeah, it's easy to focus on the one or two that slipped through, but you know, the 99% are just awesome. I definitely think the artwork, I, I know we keep talking about it a lot, but <laughs> opening, again, not to harp on it, but opening Angel Wars packs is my first introduction <laughs> to booster sets within Redemption to where we are now is night and day. And it's so much, uh, the, just the transition to that has been impressive to, to go back in time and see how it slowly evolved into now to where we have cards that are sticking out of the frame to give it artistic elements. And you're focusing more on the little things because the big scope of it is so well designed already. So also another bit of news is, like I mentioned before, the the combo deck allowing, you know, lackluster players to be at the top table in the Lackey Grand Prix. We do want to give a shout out reminder for that. The final round, which is round five, is happening this week. Pairings went up last night. We're recording this on Monday night. So Sunday night pairings went up and so make sure you get in your last game and then after this week it will be down to top four and they will play you know single elimination to get to the final winner and unfortunately I think top cut is going to be pretty slanted to whoever wins the coin flip with the combo decks so we've made our bed and unfortunately we have to lay in it also this week we did have I think it was three total cards. Uh, I don't think I missed any, but I do have three total cards that were spoiled this week. One from Phase 2, which if I'm not mistaken, may be our first full Phase 2 card. And then we have two cards from the starter decks, which you mentioned that you've gotten to playtest the starter decks. So I'm sure you've, you've gotten to use these cards, so you'll have a little bit more insight on them versus what I have with their context for the decks. 
Yes, yes, I did. I, I got the opportunity to uh, play test the new Israel's Deliverance starter decks, uh, which I, I was really excited about. Um, they definitely lived up to the hype. Um, had a lot of fun play testing them. Um, really, really cool cards. Really, really cool decks. Really excited for the community to get to kind of see those cards one by one as the spoilers come out. I think uh, everyone's going to be really pleased with the end product. I guess we'll we'll just go ahead and jump into those since we since we mentioned those first. Here we have um, bravery of David, and this is not bravery of David that was broken in Red Warriors. This is a tutor card. That's a term to you know. Since last week we mentioned that we would define these terms. That's a card that lets you search out another important card. So it's just another way to have access to it besides organically drawing it. Bravery of David, it's a 7-0 purple enhancement mono brigade territory class. And it says you may take a good first Samuel enhancement from deck or reserve. And so this is for for the, the deck that revolves around David. And then you have no blacksmiths in Israel which is a 4-2 black mono brigade territory class enhancement, also a tutor card. You may take an evil card from reserve or under deck a hero. So it gives you a potential battle win- winning ability to under deck a hero if it's a lone hero you're facing, or you can take an evil card from reserve. So it offers reserve access, which is something we didn't have in the previous starter decks, the fourth edition, which were I and J and you see that in both of these cards, so reserve is going to be very important in these starter decks, it appears. And also, there's cards that let you search into your deck a little bit more. And so it seems like it, that with that, it's going to speed it up and maybe not have some of those dead turns that INJ were able to produce where, okay, you don't have a soul for me to go for, I draw, I've got to discard something just to get to eight and pass the turn. So in your experience playtesting those, how, how well did they keep the activity level up during turns? Yeah, yeah, activity level was really good. Uh, like you said, I know with the I and J, that was something that uh, has been talked about a lot is, you know, soul drowning or some slow turns where neither player can really do anything. Um, actually, uh, you know, speaking uh, to you, John, a little bit earlier about playgroup that um, my good friend Brandon is starting, B Swan on Discord, um, and a couple of the guys the other night were playing and such a defensive battle that neither of them won a soul for like six or seven turns. <laughs> so, you know, you can kind of have those uh, sort of strange occurrences in INJ, but KNL played very, very well. You know, obviously we've got some territory class cards uh, here that do, like you said, some searching, give you some, some options. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of versatility um, in these starter decks and uh, some, some really cool things that you can do, like you mentioned with the reserve access, obviously, uh, being new for these starter decks as well. So um, I have to admit, when I heard there's going to be a new Bravery of David, uh, I run Red Warriors, and so I was thinking it might be a reprint of the old one. Um, obviously, it was kind of uh, probably considered a broken card. So for the best, it, it didn't get reprinted. Um, but, uh, you know, pretty cool that you can grab uh, whatever enhancement you need. This first Samuel uh, with Bravery of David, and then um, kind of the flexibility you've got there no, with no blacksmiths in Israel. Um, to get a card from reserve or under deck a hero. So it gives you, um, you know, some options. It, it plays a little bit more into the strategy. You have to kind of have a plan for how you want to utilize the card. Uh, so I think it just, it really adds to uh, kind of the interactions available with the new starter decks. And that's definitely a positive to see after some of the, uh, 
experiences with the the previous starter deck. Not that you want to knock those because if you think about when they came out and how much the games just changed in that time frame, it is nice to see that the new starter decks are going to well represent the time period that they're coming out as well, which I'm sure I and J did at the time. But, you know, that was before reserve access and the way the game has played has now been almost shifted to where it's a lot of territory class things. And both of these cards you see have the territory class icon, so you're able to accumulate the resources before you go into battle if that's a, you know, part of the strategy of the decks. I don't know how it operates all together, but I know that's the way that a lot of decks are playing these days in competitive play. So nice to see that that is represented in the starter decks. Yeah, yeah. And to your point, John, I think INJ came out in 2013, if I remember right. Um, so I'd that say, sounds right. I'd say holding up for nine years, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think they've they've served their purpose for a long time, you know. And as far as that goes, I mean, they can still be used to introduce players to the game. Um, you know, the, a lot of the mechanics are still there, but uh, obviously, looking forward to some of the upgrades with K and L. Yep. And then for the phase two card that we have, we have John, which any card named John, my buddy early will agree with me. Any card named John's got to be a pretty cool card. <laughs> and this one, this one's really cool. You have John, the forerunner. This is obviously John the Baptist. And he's, I, I guess, overlooking the wilderness as a whole. And he's just got his arms stretched up and, He's coming out of the frame, like with every limb is coming out of the frame, which makes him look like he has this 3D effect, which looks really cool, but you can still see everything and read everything. He is a 7-8 green and white dual brigade hero, and then he has nativity and profit as his identifiers. There is a unity requirement, which is going to be that your heroes are gospel. So not that they're nativity per se, but just that they are gospel, which is kind of opens it up to where it can be splashed a little bit within cards that are represented in GOC, not just the nativity sub, sub theme. And then he has an X identifier, which X is number of cards in your hand. And Gabe mentioned that um, if you go and look at, I, I believe he posted it in the spoiler channel because it is spoiler information, but not a direct spoiler of a specific card. But it's just information that tells you how the nativity theme is going to operate and how you're going to gain benefits and uh, abilities based on how many cards you have in your hand. So you want to have fewer cards in your hand, even to the point to where if you have no cards in your hand, that's that's going to be a good thing. He does have a star ability, and his star ability is to top deck a good dominant from deck. And we've we've seen that on cards already, so that's not a new star ability, just... He's got that as well. And then the unity required ability on him is to negate lost souls. So I think that's big considering you had undesirables come out and it could be sitting over there in their territory and you don't want to be hit with that. So you come in with him, he negates lost souls. And then this is a really cool ability that just sounds, it sounds pretty pretty cool because you're going to force them almost to block from hand if you do it right paralyze all evil characters with strength x are greater in territories this turn so i mean i guess that shores as well so they can't come in with somebody and band to yours either so you're going to paralyze all evil characters with strength x are greater and x is the number of cards in your hand so if you have zero 
So with strength zero or greater, so you get a benefit for having fewer cards in your hand, and it negates those through the turn. So it almost forces them to anybody that they have in territory, they can't present as a blocker without first negating John the Forerunner. So it looks like a really strong card. It looks like a fun card to to try to use and kind of manipulate in the right situation to almost walk in for a free soul. And I'm sure that there's going to be situations where he's going to do just that, kind of like Noah does consistently that came out of LOC as one of those heroes that if you just get him, you're going to be pretty good. Um, I don't know necessarily if it's going to be like a long-term thing because after someone realizes that you have this card, then they can just hold their evil characters in hand. But what do you think about this card, Andy? Yeah, I think this is really cool. Um, You know, obviously, like you said, negating lost souls with some of the souls we've seen come out, especially in GOC. um, I think that's a great ability in and of itself. And then you had to paralyze evil characters. Um, I know you mentioned John too. Um, you know, kind of defining some of the terms. Um, so paralyzed meaning, you know, they can't enter battle. So that's, that is really going to put your opponent at a disadvantage if they've got uh, their evil characters down or if they've blocked the previous turn with an evil character and it's still in territory. Um, if they can't enter battle, obviously they're going to have to go to hand. And, you know, there are a lot of uh, territory class enhancements that have come out too, um, may or may not work in the same offense uh, as John the Forerunner, but you know there's there's lots of hand control options out there. So if you can if you can uh, get rid of some of the resources in their hand, and then the cards in territory can't come into battle, that's a pretty good combination. Yeah, that's why my mind immediately goes to at some point he's just going to walk in for souls, which I know that that's not the overall you know goal for interaction within the battle phase, but having a card that you kind of have to build around to make sure that it works that way by having fewer resources in your hand. So I have zero cards in my hand. Well, if you do present a blocker, then I have limited resources to do anything because, again, I have no hand. It's kind of a trade-off for that. So it'd be it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. And if this is just one of the cards in Nativity, I wonder what else everything else does to kind of fill in that with minimal cards in your hand because – He's got a really strong ability, but then you've got to think at the trade-off of having resources to back you up, having dominance in your hand that you can play down um, because you're having fewer cards in your hand. What are some of the other benefits that are going to offset that? And then it's just like the mind begins to wonder what those could be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think too, you know, the fact that it's uh, with X being the number of cards in your hand and uh, X or greater are paralyzed. So yeah, you know, most evil characters probably going to be at least at a five or six strength. So obviously there's some that are smaller, but you could maybe even have, you know, minimal cards in your hand uh, and still get away with John walking in for a rescue. So yeah, it seems really powerful. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how uh, interactions play out with that, if that will be a free uh, a free soul on occasion. Um, so really, uh, really seems like a great card. Um really cool ability there that I don't think we've seen before and even anything really that similar as far as uh, paralyzing evil characters. Yeah, I think um, there was one card previously in like the old Patriarchs that did that, but that was obviously before my time, so I don't have any interaction with that card or that, that type of ability, but it really does give what Nativity is going to do is unique. So it seems like they've really defined kind of the strategy of each theme within GOC, which is really cool to see as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't wait to see more of the Nativity cards as they're released. Um, obviously, uh, we've got we've got the new hype train rolling, right, John? Heading to Nationals? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> we might have to stop and refuel or, you know, pick up a few <laughs> extra passengers along the way, but, but we're, we're full steam ahead at the moment. <laughs> That's um, right. So I guess we'll go ahead and just transition into the, the main topic here of the conversation tonight, which is going to be kind of just introducing yourself and talking about the acquisition of your turn games and what your your goals are with the business and whatnot. So for people like much like myself that don't know much about you, I know that our interaction is honestly just I bought a couple of cards from you, and I think that's really our only interaction previously. But for people like myself that don't know much about you and didn't catch the conversation with you and Derek the other night, which I didn't, and you guys failed to record it for me. We're going to blame Derek for that. Sorry, Derek. <laughs> um, how would you describe yourself to the community that you plan to serve as the new owner of your turn games? Yeah, well, first of all, John, I appreciate the opportunity to to come on the podcast and, and, uh, and do that, kind of have an introduction to the community. Um, I, I got to tell you a real quick story before I talk about myself. So when we were going through the process and, you know, realized, yeah, I think this is going to go through. Um, I told my wife, Kelsey, I said, oh, I hope John invites me onto the <laughs> threshing floor podcast so I can talk about this a little bit. And then you sent me the message and, uh, and asked me to do that. So I was pretty pumped. Um, but a little bit about myself. So, uh, first of all, I guess, you know, I just want to say that, that I'm a Christian. Um, you know, I was raised in the church. I've really gone to church um, as long as I can remember since I was a little kid. Uh, I was baptized when I was 11 years old um, on Father's Day, 1998. You can figure out my age from there if you want to calculate it. Um, but I, uh, I'm married, been married for almost six years now to my wife, Kelsey. Uh, we have two girls, Claire and Lucy. Uh, they're twins. They're 17 months old. So obviously uh, they're kind of our pride and joy. That's where a lot of our time goes is with our girls. Um, but really, you know, I know we'll kind of talk about this a little bit more too, but, um, really found redemption, like, like so many others, um, kind of stumbled back upon it and have just really had a passion for it ever since that time. Um, you know, being a Christian and, you know, finding this biblically based card game, um, finding the community of, you know, for the most part, fellow believers, definitely all, all good folks that I've ran across, um, just really kind of found myself digging into it more and more and more um, and just really loving everything that I found. And so, um, you know, as, as kind of opportunities have arisen, I've, I've been playing, I've followed on Discord for quite some time. Um, you know, I've been able to play in a few online tournaments, that sort of a thing, um, but really just have a, a passion for the game and, and really the ministry that the game provides and the connection to, uh, to the community that it provides. Um, so, you know, just, just a little bit more about myself. So um, I'm a, a deacon and also a, the chair of the deacons at our church. Uh, so we like to volunteer there as much as we can. Um, I also lead Financial Peace University classes. Uh, my wife is a uh, drop-off coordinator for Operation Christmas Child. So, uh, you know, those are just a few of the ways that we like to volunteer in our church, just to kind of tell you a little bit more about what we like to do. So obviously kids are important to us in various ways. Um, but you know, ultimately, uh, trying to, trying to follow God's will for our lives, trying to, uh, see where he's leading us next. 
um, and just really, really blessed and, and thankful to be uh, kind of in this position that we have this opportunity with your turn games. Well, cool. Hopefully I didn't, I didn't miss this in there and this is a redundant question, but did you mention where you were from in there? No, I didn't. I didn't. Um, so I am from Southern Indiana, uh, born and raised in a little town called Bedford. It's got about 13,000 people. Um, probably, you know, the most well-known place in Indiana, of course, is Indianapolis. So we're about 75 miles south of Indianapolis. Uh, my address now is Mitchell, but it's a stone's throw from Bedford. It's an even smaller town. So Southern Indiana boy, born and raised, um, lived here my whole life. I went to Indiana University to get my undergrad. Um, and so that's that's where I live today is in Mitchell. Cool, cool. So you are an Indiana fan and not a Notre Dame fan. That is correct. <laughs> good, good, good. Because we don't like the Golden Domers around here. <laughs> yeah, we're no threat to anybody in football right now. So... <laughs> And as far as basketball goes, obviously, uh, St. Mary's kind of put it on us. So we're, we're still a little sore about that. Yeah. See, I wasn't <laughs> going to mention basketball. <laughs> I was going to be nice. I knew you were John, but I thought so, it's, it's out there. Let's just, let's just get it out. <laughs> okay. Um, so you mentioned that you, you kind of had that, that same experience that a lot of players have, like my buddy, Brad, Chris mentioned it basically probably 90% of the current playing population, they were introduced to redemption at some point, and then they came back to it or they rediscovered it at a, at a later point in life. Um, so when were you first introduced to the game and how did that experience go and how long have you been back? Yeah, yeah. So I was first introduced to the game in the late 90s. I'm not sure exactly when it was. Um, basically, my memory of that time is um, – there was a youth group locally, um, and my dad was really good friends with the youth pastor. I didn't attend that church, but uh, but he he knew the guy very well, and um, his youth group uh, was actually featured in the paper for playing Redemption, and it was an article about you know this biblically based card game, uh, which I thought was really interesting. So uh, went to one of the local uh, Christian bookstores. It was a, it was a locally owned kind of mom and pop Christian bookstore, bought a few of the, of course, the foil packs back then. Um, you know, I was probably, oh, maybe eight or 10, somewhere around there, eight or 10 years old. So all I did was really buy the cards, look at them. And that was the extent of it. Um, really didn't, you know, even try to play, didn't know anybody that played, you know, I didn't really know anybody in that youth group. Um, so I really just bought the cards, checked them out, thought they were cool. Um, and that was really about it. Um, so my first interaction with redemption was extremely limited. Um, so, you know, bought those cards in the late nineties, fast forward to January of last year, January, 2021. Um, and my brother and I were actually going through a few things in my parents' garage uh, we used to collect basketball cards pretty intensely as kids. Uh, probably why I was part of the reason I was interested in redemption cards. But anyway, we were looking at some of our old basketball cards, kind of digging those out, and came across the redemption cards. Um, and so I was like, "Wow, you know, I kind of forgot that game existed." So I thought, "All right, well, I'm just going to look and see, you know, if there's anything online about it." And so, you know, came across a few different websites. Uh, Derek's being one of them and, and of course realized, yeah, this game is alive and well and, you know, second longest running game behind Magic the Gathering and there's all these new card types now and 
um, these new sets that have come out and everything. And I was just really blown away. Um, and it was one of those things where when I discovered it, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it was probably the spirit laying the groundwork. I, I really and truly believe for kind of where we are now, because um, I just couldn't really get enough of <laughs> learning about it and reading about it. You know, I watched all the videos I could find on YouTube, Sign of the Star videos that Andrew made, Cord Course Redemption with Jaden videos. Uh, he had started his channel just a little bit before that point. So I watched all those videos, um, read everything I could find about it, and just was kind of enthralled. Um, and so, you know, I found Derek's website, um, which, of course, I thought was really impressive, really cool. And I thought, I'm just going to buy, you know, the, the INJ starter decks. I'm just going to check this out. So, you know, spent 15 bucks, whatever, bought the starter decks. And, uh, and Derek reached out, you know, and just kind of welcomed me, asked what, you know, got me interested in purchasing the starter decks. Um, you know, I told him basically what I just kind of told you as far as how I had first found out about Redemption and then the fact that we'd stumbled upon these cards in my parents' garage. And so, you know, he said, hey, we ought to, we ought to play a game through Zoom sometime. And I was like, wow. This guy doesn't know me from Adam, and he's willing to hop on Zoom and teach me how to play this game. So, you know, I took him up on it, and, you know, we played several games. I ended up buying a, a challenger deck after that. Uh, we played a few more, and he really just kind of took me under his wing and, and taught me the game. And it was kind of like the more I played, the more I enjoyed it, the more I wanted to read about it and learn about it, um, and just really kind of had this passion for it uh, right off the bat. So, you know, that was January last year that I, I found those cards within a month or two. I'd purchased the starter decks from Derek. So that's been now about a year ago. Um, and so since then, um, you know, I played as many games as I can. I know um, everybody can relate to a busy schedule and, you know, you, you can't ever play as much as you want to uh, just because of responsibilities and commitments, that sort of a thing. But, you know, my wife has, has been... Uh, has been encouraging and obviously has been such a blessing to let me, let me play given all the things we've got going on. And so, um, I, as much as I played, I've, I've definitely studied more, um, you know, and of course, listened to all of your podcasts, um, watched all the redemption with Jaden videos, except maybe a, a few, um, you know, listen to the thoughts from Portland podcast. I've been on discord, even though I, I don't get to interact a whole lot, you know, I follow all the conversations on there. So, I guess it, it kind of sounds funny to say, but you might call me a little bit of a student of the game. I just love studying it and learning about it. Um, and so the past 12 months, it's not been a long time, but um, it's been a lot of fun. And again, what I've really enjoyed the most is just the community. You know, it, I, I, I'm blessed now that uh, I mentioned, um, I think maybe when you and I were talking, John, that Brandon Swango, who's B-Swan on Discord, uh, plays the game um, and is involved is you know, forming a play group at the church. Uh, my brother has played a little bit uh, and has shown some interest. So I've got, you know, them to play with a little bit. Um, but we know that the community is really what keeps people coming back and back and keeps people playing and, and involved. And so uh, the community has just been so welcoming. Um, and that's really what has drawn me in more than anything is just the encouragement, the kindness, the willingness to help, the willingness to answer questions. Um, that's what has made me stick with it is really, you know, you all, um, if it weren't for that, you know, I probably would have bought the starter decks, really not had anybody at that point to play with. And that might've been the end of it, but thankfully, uh, that was not the end of it. Yeah. That's, that's one of the, the strongest parts of, uh, purchasing from Derek is 
Derek has never sold to a stranger <laughs> because he does he does really good follow up and um I know like when you make that first purchase and he reaches out and he's like, All right, buddy and he starts <laughs> he starts like talking to you and you're like, All right, this is weird. I don't know you but then then you actually see that like he does want to make sure that the game sticks with someone and he finds out what their interests are and why they're playing the game and kind of you know, make suggestions on where to take their playing from that point. And it's really cool. Um, so knowing that that experience happened with you does not shock me because that's how Derek is. That's just who he is as a person, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, before we switch over and start talking about the actual acquisition of your turn games from Derek, is there anything else that you would like to share with the community about yourself, your background? Um, you know, one other thing I would share, um, you know, I I don't know, uh, if this would come up otherwise if I didn't share it now. So, um, you know, kind of looking ahead at the future, um, kind of just of where things are going for, for my wife and I and our family, um, that I wanted to share was, um, so I've been actually preaching every other Sunday at a small church here in Southern Indiana, um, which I've really enjoyed getting to do. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this uh, on the Zoom call when Derek and I um, kind of made the announcement that we were purchasing, my wife and I were purchasing your turn games. But, um, you know, God's timing is just incredible because a few months ago, um, I never would have dreamed I'd be buying your turn games, nor would I dream that I'd be preaching at a church. Um, but I've been able to preach there every other Sunday and starting in July, I will be what what we're calling a full-time, part-time preacher there. So it's a part-time position, but I'll be preaching every Sunday. Um, so I'm really excited about that. It's, you know, again, I think it's um, the direction that God's leading. It's just something that we're, we're blessed that we get to do. Um, and so I guess, you know, in some things, you know, you feel like, am I really qualified to do this? You know, <laughs> but um, trying to follow where God's leading. And so that's just a, a blessing for our family that, that I want to make sure I shared. Well, congratulations on, on the new position. And I will, I will say that that feeling of being underqualified for things. Generally, if you are being genuinely called by God, you're going to feel that way. <laughs> um, my brief stint as a uh, leader for a youth group, you want to talk about underqualified. <laughs> yep, that's me. Um, so I definitely understand. And I think most people would relate with that. And um, it's the kind of thing, if it's the kind of thing that keeps you on your toes thinking whether you can do this, then that's probably exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Um, that's just the way God works most of the time. I, I totally agree with you, John. I totally agree. And that's, uh, in some ways, that's how I feel right now. But, you know, one of my favorite pastors is Mark Batterson. And he, he says, uh, God doesn't, see if I can get this right. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And I truly believe that. Um, and I think you're right, because when you take these steps of, of uh, sort of into the unknown a little bit, you have to have faith. You have to rely on God that he's going to lead you. And so um, I need to do that. Yeah, that's Mark Batterson. Um, that name sounds really familiar because I think that's who my buddy Brad mentioned. Uh, he has, is he the guy that has that book? Like the circle maker? Prayer circles? Yeah, the, the circle maker there. Yep. And you do prayer circles or whatever. Okay. Yep, you got it. You, that's his okay. most famous book. Yep. Nice, nice. As soon as you said that, I was like, I know him from somewhere. So that's that's cool. So as we move over to the acquisition of your turn games, what was that process like for you deciding to, I guess, at the very onset, hey, he's selling it. 
let me look into it. And then ultimately going forward with doing the steps to actually make the purchase. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So Derek sent a message out. I'm sure for all those who uh, listen to the podcast or, you know, likely on discord um, sent the message out that he had decided to sell your turn games, you know, reach out uh, if you're interested, you know, serious inquiries only. Um, And my wife and I were sitting on the couch, just watching TV. I think it was a Saturday night and I had to do a double take when I read that. Um, I had no idea that Derek was even considering selling your turn games, um, which I think, you know, most people probably weren't. So (laughs) I, I just held up the phone to my wife and said, can you read this? And, and so she was as kind of shocked as I was, you know, she knows Derek too, just from our interactions and everything. Um, and so we were, we were kind of shocked. Um, and so we, we, we talked about it a little bit and, um, you know, I, I've been looking for some new opportunities. Um, I've kind of felt the tug that, you know, maybe it's time to make, make some changes, look for some, some new, uh, new, new direction that God is leading, you know, with the preaching, we felt that was, uh, the way God was leading. And when we saw that message from Derek, you know, we, we instantly both said, this is not a coincidence that he's decided to sell your turn games. Um, and so I, I went back and looked because I knew it, it happened pretty quick, but it was kind of a blur. And so, um, within 30 minutes of Derek posting that message, we were on the phone with him talking about, um, him selling it, what he was looking for out to get out of it and that sort of a thing. And so that night was just, you know, the first of several phone calls that we've had uh, in the three weeks since kind of talking about, you know, what it means to run the business, how it works, how the website works, um, you know, how he processes orders, um, you know, some of the folks in the community that he works with that have helped him, you know, design decks and that sort of a thing, you know, getting on FaceTime so he can show us all the inventory. I couldn't even tell you how many conversations that we've had kind of talking through all this just to understand, um, you know, really what it what does it even mean to buy your turn games? Um, so after all the conversation and everything and, and definitely lots of praying, um, you know, and my wife and I talking about it almost daily, we kept coming back to, you know, we just don't believe this is a coincidence. We, we truly believe this is God's, you know, design. This is God's timing, um, not only for us, but, you know, Derek talked about this uh, in the announcement that we did over Zoom that, you know, from his perspective, you know, this is God's timing that he sell the business. And so I think it's, um, it's just incredible how, you know, God, (laughs) God brings people together, works things out, you know, because interestingly enough, I really feel like we're, we're deciding to purchase your turn games for the same reason Derek's deciding to sell it. Um, You know, I know he wants more time to spend with his family, you know, more time to focus on his faith. Um, and so, you know, absolutely respect him and, and kudos to him for that. And I think for us, we really want to do the same thing and it just looks different for, for our families, you know, for him, it's selling your turn games for us, it's buying it. And so, um, the more Kelsey and I talked about it, the, the more we're like, I think this is really what, what God wants us to do. And so, um, you know, Derek has just been phenomenal to work with, um, has been so open, just explained everything, any question that we've had, he's been, been willing to answer. And so, um, it's worked out so well. And, and I just think about, you know, 13, 14 months ago, um, I, I didn't even really know <laughs> redemption was a thing. You know, I had totally forgotten about it till we stumbled upon those cards, but I truly believe, um, 
you know, we, we came across those for a reason. The last year's transpired the way it has for a reason. And, and um, you know, I hope and pray that this is God's will. Yeah, I definitely think that when you have the same experience of, you know, feeling like you're buying it for the same reason that he's selling it, and it's kind of mirrored on both sides for you to achieve what you think is, you know, the immediate future goal for your family and whatnot. And then he's doing the same thing on his end. I think that's another, you know, almost confirmation that, you know, God's involved with it. Um, So when you first saw that message and you were like, okay, how do we take this? How do we process? And do we want to, you know, like really consider this? What was the thing that interested you the most that like really got you excited about it? Yeah. Yeah. There were several things really. Um, you know, first of all, just my love of the game, you know, I, I know, um, I don't know a ton of the players personally that play the game, uh, just because of, you know, the way my schedule is, um, it's hard for me to, to play a lot of games or to interact a whole lot. Um, but just the involvement I have had with the community, the conversations that I followed, um, you know, just, just what I know about the game and the community, that's really the first thing that I thought of that got me excited was to be able to really be more involved with the community and be able to serve the community in that way. Cause it, you know, it, it's, it's a business and, you know, we have to think about it as an investment too, of course, when you purchase a business, but just being able to, to serve the community really got me excited. Um, you know, another thing that really got me excited though was the business aspect. I, I um, love the idea of getting to run the business. Um, I, you know, I, I mentioned I went to Indiana University. I got my degree there in business management. Um, you know, I've, I've been able to do some different things in management over the course of my career. Um, and then I actually started a financial coaching practice a couple years ago. So I've been through the process of starting a business. Obviously, that's a little different. You don't have inventory um, and that sort of a thing, but the concept is the same. And actually, my dad uh, owned and operated his own small business uh, for many, many years. Uh, you you might be interested to know this, John. It was uh, selling fishing lures. Uh, so I know you like to oh, fish. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's a man after my own heart. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, I think um, I kind of got it honest in that regard. Um, so the, the business side really excites me, too. Um, so So that really interested me. Um, and then, you know, a couple other things, too, really, um, just the potential for growth. You know, Derek has talked about this. It's like everything else. There's never enough time in the day to do what you want to do. And so thinking about the opportunity to um, spend some additional time on it, you know, for my wife and I to kind of tag team this uh, sort of as a partnership, so to speak, um, and really get to work on this together and, and think about what are what are new things that we can do to serve the community and, and serve new players. Um, and then, you know, really the last thing yet I kind of saved, I guess, the most important for last is, you know, as a ministry, um, you know, that this game is connecting a body of believers um, in a really unique and cool way. And I think about, you know, w- so many people, are, our stories are the same. We didn't know this game existed. And when we found out we were so excited and we kind of jumped right in, you know, how many how many folks out there just don't know about this game? Um, parents of kids that would love to know about this game. You know, kids that, um, you know, maybe are looking for a hobby or activity um, and there are lots of secular options, but not a lot of faith based options like this out there. Um, so it's really as a ministry tool, um, you know, how can this be utilized and, and really just to kind of build on, you know, everything that Derek has built with Your Turn Games um, 
which of course is really one of the reasons we were interested in buying it. Um, you know, anybody could reach out to Rob and say, Hey, I want to be a wholesaler and, and kind of apply to do that. But your turn games already has such an established, you know, reputation for great service, great prices, great par- products. Um, so you're not just getting the inventory of the cards, you're getting the actual uh, business and the reputation that Derek has built, which we have so much respect for and appreciation for. We just want to carry that on. Um, and so I know we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but um, you know, Derek's not walking away from your turn games. You know, we, my wife and I will, will own it, uh, but he's still going to very much be involved. So uh, there were a lot of things that really excited me uh, that kind of raced through my mind when I saw this opportunity. Okay. Those are uh, definitely some, some solid answers there. Let me ask you this, and you can you can be you can be honest. You can you can talk bad about Derek if you if you need to. Um, how was the negotiation and uh, the purchasing process with Derek as you guys kind of you know he had a price. He I think you mentioned that he had gotten the business evaluated. And he knew what he was looking for, and then you talking with your wife. How did that negotiation process and working through it to where you guys settled on a price? How did that work? And then um, I guess also, did you, do you think you, you made a fair price for both sides? Yeah, yeah. So first thing I'll say is Derek was extremely open um, throughout the whole process as we were kind of negotiating and talking about the value of the business and, you know, the sales that he's had, you know, the expenses that he's had. Um, I mean, he was he was really willing to share anything that I asked as we were trying to get a grasp for, um, you know, what what are the financials of, of it as a business, you know, because as I kind of alluded to earlier, I mean, it, it was going to be an investment. Um, you know, we love the game, have a passion for it, want to see it grow, but you know, it, it has to at least pay for itself. Right. And, and a little bit more than that too, uh, for it to be viable. That's just the way a business works, of course. So, um, he was totally open. Um, you know, he did have evaluation of the business. And so we're able to kind of use that as a baseline. Um, and then really, um, negotiation was pretty simple and straightforward because I think, you know, we both, uh, Derek and, and Kelsey and I, we know we all saw the value of the business. Um, we discussed price and, and kind of worked some things out on what we thought was fair for both sides. Um, so that, you know, he's getting a fair return for what he's built. We're getting, uh, a business that, um, you know, can continue to make a return and can continue to be expanded upon, has a great foundation. Um, so it was really a very, very smooth process. And I think a lot of that just goes back to, you know, the respect and the trust that we have for each other. You know, it wasn't an interaction of, or a transaction of two guys that met on the street or, uh, you know, a business deal that maybe goes down um, <laughs> between two companies. Um, it was people that all have such respect and care for one another. And, and we know where our hearts are. And uh, so we wanted to work something out that was fair for both sides. Derek mentioned that the process for actually turning over the key, so to speak, would happen in early June. Is that just the final date of when everything will be done? Or is there any potential snags to where, you know, something ha- could happen to where in June you are not the new owner? Or is that set in concrete and that's just the date to hand it over? Yeah, yeah. So that is set in stone. Um I mean, you know, we, we don't have a, a written contract at this point. Everything has been verbal. Um, but the, the June date is not as much um, because, you know, it could fall through or, you know, there are things that we still need to make sure we can work out before it gets finalized. Um, it's really the timing on on our part for Kelsey and me. Um, 
just with all the responsibilities that I have right now. One thing that we talked about when we decided, you know, yes, we wanted to purchase your turn games was um, we from from the moment we take over the business, we don't want there to be any lapse in the service that's provided in the experience that anybody who purchases from your turn games has. That was really important to us. So the last thing we wanted to do was take that on at a time in our lives when we didn't quite yet have capacity to handle that. And so Derek, you know, is gracious enough to say, yeah, we can really work on your timeline. And so um, with some of my responsibilities as, as a deacon and chair of the deacons kind of falling off in May and June, um, and then, you know, I'm leading a couple of financial peace university classes. They're both falling off in May. Um, the timing was going to be so much better in June um, for us to take that over uh, because we knew with the responsibilities we'd already committed to, something was going to fall through the cracks if we tried to go down, you know, in March uh, and take over the business. It, it was just not going to work well. So this gives us time to work through all the logistics of it, get the contract finalized, um, kind of get our I's dotted and our T's crossed, and then uh, take over the business in June, you know, which still gives us uh, quite a bit of time. Well, a little bit of time. It'll go fast uh, before nationals. Okay. Um, as far as when you guys do take over in June, is there, um, I guess, what, what should customers expect? So you, you mentioned that you don't want like service levels to fall off. You want everything that your turn games represents to still be so you guys hit the ground running. But as far as, like, um, I don't know, soon to expect changes and things of that nature, or what is like the immediate vision for the business when you guys take over in June? Yeah, yeah. So when we take over in June, um, first priority will just be um, getting sort of a rhythm for operating the business. So, um, you know, Derek's going to give me a little more training even beyond what he's already done um, in June when we take it over. Um, he's kind of been leading me through here step by step as we've gone already. Um, but first priority is just seamless transition so that, you know, one day people are ordering and Derek's fulfilling orders. The next day they're ordering and we're fulfilling orders that they don't see any drop in service whatsoever. So um, I just want to get my arms around operating the business first, you know, tracking expenses, um, you know, tracking sales, you know, printing the shipping labels, you know, getting those, getting that whole process kind of down to a science um, so that, you know, we, we really focus on first things first. Um once we've got that down, which I really don't expect to take long, um, then we'll think about, okay, what are what are new opportunities, new things that we can explore um, after we've got the basics down? Okay, that's definitely fair. Um, let me ask you this from my, my business experience of running this warehouse that I, I do. I know that I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I run a satellite distribution warehouse. So logistics are my thing. I think about like, product moving between places how are you guys what's the process of actually moving the inventory and all of the ass physical assets of your turn games with Derek in Florida to your place in Indiana are you guys shipping that are you road tripping what, what's that process going to be like yeah yeah so um, I'm sure your faithful listeners heard in the uh, podcast episode with Derek uh, that he estimated he has in the neighborhood of a hundred thousand cards, so um, it's it's hard to even get the full extent of that until you kind of have him walk you through the inventory and show you using FaceTime everything he has, and it's it's kind of 
um, amazing. <laughs> so um, we are taking a road trip. So we're going to drive down. That's kind of an, another reason that June works better, uh, just to plan ahead a little bit for me to take some time off of work and, and plan out a, a weekend that we can do this. So uh, yeah, sometime in early June, I'm going to drive down there. My father-in-law is going to go with me. Uh, once we get down there, we're going to rent a five by eight U-Haul uh, covered um, covered trailer to pull back with my truck, load up all the card stock and, and cards and supplies and play mats and shirts and binders and everything into that U-Haul trailer uh, and then drive it back. It's about a 12 hour trip each way. Um, so I, I might be overestimating our uh, ability to do this, but the plan at this point is going to be drive down one day, pick up the cards that evening and drive back the next day. So that's, that's the plan. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> I'll just say that. Cause once you get down there after 12 hours, I don't know how motivated you're going to be to immediately load up, get a quick night's rest and then load out early the next day. So <laughs> that's I, fair. Good luck with it. <laughs> that's fair. I, I know, um, we, we pretty quickly ruled out shipping them up here. Um, Derek had shipped some cards, had some cards shipped to him. He had bought someone's collection and I want to say it was 10 or 12 pretty good size party mailboxes, not huge though. And it would be just a fraction of his collection. And it was like $200 to ship those. So yeah. it would be probably not even several hundred. I mean, it would probably be thousands of dollars to ship everything. Um, so even with gas prices where they're at, so we can drive there and back much, much less expensively than having it shipped. So you're probably right about my, uh, my overestimating my ability to drive, but I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning on my father-in-law that he'll want to drive at least part of the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I would definitely say that, that shipping them when I thought about this and I, I, I came up with this question for, you know, talking with you tonight, I was like, if I was buying that and knowing just what I know about shipping, first of all, even, even if you were okay eating the cost, the fact that you're putting so much inventory at one time, those boxes are just, they become numbers at a certain point when you have so many, like we'll have UPS ground drop off boxes here. And if they drop off one box, that box is going to be handled with care being brought to me. If they're dropping off 30 boxes, Cha-boom, cha-boom. <laughs> they're just tossing them and they're getting beat up. So, oh, I know. I, just the condition as well, not just the cost. So, definitely think that road tripping is probably in the best interest for you and us on the other side in the community for future customers because we want those cards to be in good condition. Absolutely, man. And you're exactly right. I mean, you think about all the promos and, you know, the ultra rares and just. Even beyond that, I mean, you're 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 not joking. I mean, as far as the community goes, I mean, it's important that those cards stay in great condition. I mean, there are a lot of very very rare cards in Derek's collection that um, obviously we don't want to get damaged or get lost. I mean, heaven forbid the packages got lost in the mail. Um, so we're we're not going to take any chances with that. It's going to be hand delivered back to our house to make sure that uh, we don't take any chance with that. Very nice. Um, so I guess we'll move into kind of uh, what future plans might be for the business. And I've got some here, but I guess the first one, because it's, it's just a question that begs for an answer. You mentioned that Derek was going to be staying on at least in a, uh, and he mentioned in a consulting role. 
And he mentioned in his post on Discord, when he, he mentioned that role for himself in the future, he mentioned certain projects or certain products and special projects. So what are going to fall into those categories that he's still going to have influence with for your business now? There are going to be, uh, I think, several things. And especially as, as uh, you know, we get the business transitioned over and then we can start thinking about, okay, what's next now, now that we've got everything operating smoothly. Um, so, you know, one thing that Derek really loves to do and is, is great at is building decks. Um, so we're definitely going to have him building some contender decks for us. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, that is definitely on the docket. Um, he's, he's probably also going to continue to host the contender deck tourneys for us. Uh, I think he had posted pretty recently um, that uh, he has gotten approval now from Rob to uh, host sanctioned tourneys, uh, which of course is a really big deal. He and Chris are the only two that can do sanctioned tourneys. Um, so he will probably continue to host those for us and be involved in those tournaments. Um, he is also potentially going to create a YouTube channel. Um, so he's going to create some content. Um, you know, he's got several ideas of, of things to do there, uh, potentially some videos on the starter decks, uh, videos on the contender decks, maybe like some product demonstrations, uh, to kind of lay out what, what products we've got at your turn games, um, possibly even like a video, uh, on some of the regs uh, to kind of explain those. And so, um, you know, some of it will be your turn game specific. And again, you know, you, you talked about it earlier, John, of course, Derek has a real passion for helping new players get interested in the game and get involved in the game and learn about the game. So uh, there will definitely be some, uh, some benefit for new players as well in, in the content that, uh, that he'll be able to create. Um, and then one really cool thing that uh, we're hoping works out, we're in the planning stages of now, um, that Derek and potentially uh, Tyler Stevens as well are going to be uh, helping us out with, um, if, all goes, if all goes well, um, is a homeschool convention that's in Orlando. So it's just a couple hours away from Derek. Um, and so they're going to actually run a booth for us. Um, if, you know, assuming our application gets approved as a, as an exhibitor and everything. Um, but they're going to have a booth for your turn games. So they'll be able to sell, you know, starter decks and, and play mats and, and a lot of the merchandise um, that he's already got, um, of course, on site at his house right now. Um, and so we're really excited about being able to, to do an event like this. They tout themselves as the, the biggest and the best homeschool convention in the nation. Uh, they've had uh, anywhere between 15 and 18,000 people come through there before for their conventions. So we think this is a really cool opportunity to uh, get redemption out there uh, and kind of um, introduce it to some new families and kids that otherwise would maybe never hear about it. So um, that's that's just a few of the special projects that we've already discussed. Cool. That's that's definitely a solid uh, opportunity to grow the game is having some booths set up. I know that we did the demo last summer in Alabama for Royal Rangers, and I think not to not to say that we weren't prepared because we had the stuff, but we didn't present uh, as cleanly because you know it was our first thing. So if you have you guys focusing as a you know a partnership to set up booths and things like that, I think that'll that'll really work well because. We had people asking us questions, and it was kind of like scatterbrained trying to find <laughs> answers and things. But if you're able to focus on that, and, you know, that's the type of thing that I guess Derek isn't able to focus on while he's running the actual X's and O's of the business as much. So I guess that makes sense that, you know, those are the type of special projects that he wants to be involved with is, 
you know, again, his heart for growing the game and presenting it to new new players and things. So that's definitely in line with, you know, the personality that Derek has. Um, let me ask you, let me ask you this. One of the, one of the things that is most notable about your turn games, obviously you have the, you know, stacked challenger and then contender decks geared toward new beginners. Um, another custom product that Derek has brought is these really cool play mats with these cool designs. Do you have any, obviously you've got, you know, the stock that's left over from him, but once those run out, are you are you excited to kind of pick out some artwork and and come up with some custom designs yourself as the new owner? Yeah, I am. I am really excited about that. Um, you're you're of course right, and and I think so many players use Derek's playmat. We kind of laugh when we hop on the online tournaments, and almost everybody is using a playmat that is from your turn games. Um, that that's just they're just so cool. I mean, I I've had an Authority of Christ play mat that I've used for quite some time now that I bought from Derek. Um, so I'm really excited about uh, being able to create some new play mats here in the future. Um, I know Jesse Foresto has actually helped Derek with that um, and kind of helped with the design and everything. Um, so really uh, excited to to talk to Jesse about that as well. Um, you know, obviously this is all new to me. I'm I'm kind of learning how that process is going to work. Um, but uh, definitely looking forward to doing that. I know in the past, a lot of times Derek has rolled one out in the summer. Um, not sure we're going to be able to pull that off with the timeline we have this year. But um, I, I'm still hoping at some point this year we can roll out uh, a new playmat because I agree. I think they are just so cool. And we've already talked about the artwork available um, with the uh, with especially GLC phase one and two, you know, we'll be out obviously by by the fall uh, when we might look at doing a play mat. So we will have no shortages of of uh, images to work from. So I'm really excited about that. All right. So what are your plans for nationals this year? You mentioned that taking over in early June still gives you some time, even though I'll be honest with you, taking over new business. By the time you get into that rhythm, you mentioned you're going to have to break rhythm if you're uh, planning on going to nationals. And I guess that's the question here is, are you planning on being at nationals as a vendor? And then in what capacity do you think you'll be there? Would you just be selling like sealed product or would you have some inventory to sell individual cards or what do you think that looks like? Yeah, I will be at nationals. Um, The cool thing is I was already planning to come just as a player. Um, So I'd already made that decision. Um, uh, Brandon Swango, I mentioned him earlier. Uh, he and I had already booked a hotel room, so that's already good to go. Uh, but I will be there, you know, representing your turn games as well now too. So uh, excited about that. Um, as far as what product I'm going to bring, I am not quite sure yet. Derek and I talked about that a little bit. Um, I know some of the challenge with the singles is, you know, what are the right singles to bring? Um, because obviously there's so many options to choose from, but as much as I can, I can reasonably bring, I will bring because of course I'm going to be a resource to all the players there. Um, you know, I've never been to nationals. I am really, really excited about going. Um, I, I <laughs> can't speak from experience, John, but as you mentioned before, it sure seems like it's leading up to be the best nationals ever. Um, so just to be there as, as a resource for players with, 
you know, maybe they need some singles that they realize they didn't bring or, you know, get there and decide to make a deck change, whatever. I, I want to be available and, and, uh, and try to have as much as I can to support them, whatever that need might be. So um, I'm sure you're right. Taking over the business, probably going to be more than I'm uh, giving it credit for as far as what it's going to require. But, but uh, I do plan to be at nationals and uh, have some uh, product uh, on hand. Yeah. So I can't even, I can't even imagine you said you've never been to national. So this will be your first nationals. And then on top of that, the responsibility now as a vendor there, um, I'll make sure to swing by and, and, and tell you good luck in person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure that it will all go, go well. And it's probably as far as you having inventory with you. Um, I assume you're driving, you you probably get a get a good break that it's in Iowa. That's not what what's the what's the travel distance between you and na- the Nationals venue? Yeah, it's not bad at all. You're right. I'll be driving, and I want to say when I looked, it's maybe like eight hours, something like that. So it's really not bad. And yeah, I'm thankful I can whatever inventory I decide to take that I can just pack it up in the car and and drive it versus having to figure out how I'm going to fly or ship. Um, inventory there again thinking about <laughs> potential for it getting damaged or lost or whatever so I'll be able to drive it there and uh, yeah it's going to be a lot to take in my first nationals um, not only just showing up to watch or, or to play but also uh, responsibility as a vendor um, it's going to be a tall task but again I told Derek hey I'm going to lean on you is that all right and he, he's always said yes you know so I know he'll he'll show me the ropes Definitely looking forward to getting to meet you in person there. And I will probably be one of those people that forgot a card at home or something. So the more you have, the, the better for people like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, same to you, John. Looking forward to meeting you in person. So let me ask you this before we before we move on, because we do have a little bit of a bonus. And I was supposed to say something about it at the beginning of the episode. But if you have stuck around this long then you are about to receive a bonus for your time. (laughs) But before we get into that, let me, let me just, you know, kind of like I did on your background, I'll just open the floor to you. Is there anything else as far as future plans that you're ready to share with the community or what, you know, the, the bright future within the next, like not the immediate future, because I kind of asked you the immediate vision, but kind of more down the road, like what this looks like, you know, in the future. In the future, we've we've got a lot of ideas uh, that we're really excited about, um, and I say we a lot because you know I kind of mentioned this earlier, but um, Kelsey, my wife, is is really going to be involved in this too. It, it really is kind of a joint venture for both of us, uh, so we're both really excited. Um, you know, I think my brother might help as well, and and my friend Brandon. So I just want to mention that I say we a lot, but it, but it's really going to be kind of a team effort. Um, so there are really a, a few areas of focus. Um, kind of broad categories, I guess you might say, um, that that I'm excited about. So one would be product innovation. Um, this is something that Your Turn Games has such a great reputation for, the Challenger decks, Contender decks, the cool play mats. Um, so I want to continue that and expand upon that. So um, I've already talked to Derek about this a little bit. I've talked to Jaden as well. Um, just to start picking his brain and asking him if he'll give this some thought, what are some cool ideas uh, that he might have for some new products. Um, so I really want to see how creative we can get and what we can offer the community. Um, so really excited about that. Um, and then beyond that, I kind of look at it as um, in, in some ways sort of two 
groups of players that that I want to make sure we're serving. So one is the existing players. Um, so I want to think about what are some new products and services that may be existing players, you know, that have played the game, that have some experience, have some knowledge, uh, are playing at a competitive level. Um, what are going to be resources that are going to be beneficial for them? Um, and then kind of the second group of players would be new players. So how do we reach new players? You know, it could be events like the homeschool convention, uh, other youth conferences or, or in-person events. Um, it could be supporting play groups. Um, you know, you had obviously a couple podcasts with Chris that were just fantastic on, uh, on starting play groups. And so how can your turn games kind of come alongside all the folks out there that want to start a play group? Uh, how can we provide resources and products, that sort of thing, to, to get that off the ground and make that uh, as easy of a process as possible? I've already talked to Chris about that a little bit. Um, and then how do we just a- attract the new players and get them into this community? Um, so, you know, I've got uh, a few ideas about products um, that are a little bit longer term, um, but I'll, I'll I'll probably wait to share most of those. Um but I also think, uh, as far as some of the services goes and some of the events that we attend, um, that's that's another area that we want to expand. So um, I'm I'm trying to not get too far ahead of myself uh, with the ideas that I'm coming up with because I guess I'll say all that to say, you know, I do recognize too. I've only been in the game for a year, so I have still kind of the perspective of a new player on a lot of this. Uh, but I really want to hear from the community, and so you'll hear me very regularly um, reaching out to the community, um, primarily through Discord, since obviously that's where most of the community uh, discussion happens. But I really want to hear from the players. You know, how can I provide more resources or are there products that we don't have that you think would be beneficial to you all or to the game? Um, Is there anything that we're missing uh, that we'd need to consider? You know, when it comes to play mats, what ideas do people have? Because just watching the conversation on Discord, it's just amazing to me, the creativity of the community. And I think it's really come out through the content that's being produced. Um, it, it just blows me away, um, just w- what everyone has come up with. Um, so I really want to hear from the community. Um, you know, I think a lot of companies say that um, and they don't deliver, but um, we have such a close, tight-knit community that, that I really want to hear what everybody thinks. I want to hear what uh, you all think would be successful and helpful to you as players. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to be ready to listen more than anything. I want to do more listening than, than talking because um, we have so many players that have been in the game for so many years. Uh, and I really respect and appreciate that, that knowledge and that insight that, that I just don't have at this point. So um, I want to deliver what is valuable to the community. Absolutely. That's a great mindset to have. And it's nice to see that you you mentioned some co- uh, companies, they tell you that they want to hear your feedback, but then they really don't. Um, but then hearing your reasoning there to know that you're actually wanting to engage with, you know, people that's been around and, and learn what the, the need is before you try to just throw something out as, you know, an answer for for that. Getting to know, I guess, the community in a, in a deeper way so that you know where the, the holes are that you can fill with products and and future offerings from your turn games. So definitely, definitely cool to, to know that that's your mindset behind it. And I think that's, that's something that should, I guess, um, create confidence within existing customers and future customers to the business. So, um, definitely good to know that. 
Let me, uh, I guess I'll give you the floor because I mentioned that we had a bonus coming up for those of you that have stuck around and I don't know what the bonus is, so I'll just give you the floor and you can, you can share. Yeah. Thanks, John. Um, so for those who stuck around, um, we're actually going to spoil a new card from the starter decks from the Israel's deliverance starter decks. Um, so Chris reached out to me. Uh, shortly before the podcast uh, started, before we started recording, and said, hey, I'm going to let you spoil a card. So how cool is that of Chris and of the elder team uh, to let me spoil a card? So I'm pretty pumped about this. I'm not going to lie. So the card that I am spoiling uh, is called Abandoned. And so this is actually a dual alignment card. So it's a good enhancement and an evil enhancement. Um, so the good enhancement side uh, is a 4-0, and it is green and purple. And then the evil enhancement side is a 0-4, and it is pale green. And so pretty cool that in the starter deck here, we've got a dual alignment card. Obviously, we've talked before about um, you know having flexibility in the cards that are in those decks. Uh, so you've got a card to play. You've got a resource available uh, that's, that's pretty flexible. Um, and so this, this card says negate a card. So it, you can negate whatever enhancement you need to, basically whatever character you need to, whether it's good, whether it's evil. Uh, so I think this is a really good utility card uh, that can be used in a lot of different situations. Um, so this is card K13 in the K starter deck. And so negate a card is the full ability. That's the full ability. Sweet. So I guess two things about that, that that I'll say is you've got dual alignment. That's another card type that's being introduced to the starter decks that we didn't previously have. And then also negate a card is so much cleaner than negate the last evil enhancement or the last good enhancement. So I guess the fact that it's negate a card and it's dual alignment and removing, you know, targeting good or evil from the ability just means that I play this card as long as I match the alignment and the brigade colors, kind of clean up some of that wording. Negate a card is a, a far simpler ability than negate the last card and then explaining to them that it has to be the last card played. It can't, especially getting rid of, um, what is it, like cascade negate? Yes. To where it kind of, it kind of made made those interactions a little wonky. This this seems like a clean, straightforward version of a negate card that's, again, like you said, the flexibility and versatility to be for your offense or your defense. Yeah, absolutely. It It is. It's just so versatile. Um, and I know in just playing with the starter decks, getting to play test, um, that's a really just such a versatile card. And, of course, you know, the, the spoilers that we looked at uh, at the start of the episode, Bravery of David, says you may take a good first Samuel enhancement from Decker Reserve. Well, the reference on this is from first Samuel. So you can also search for this with Bravery of David. So you can use this. You could use Bravery of David to search this out and use this, obviously, as a good enhancement or even use it to help your defense if you need a negate. Um, so I think it really pairs well with the uh, Bravery of David, David spoiler that we got. And the the title of it, again, was Abandon? Abandoned, Yep. Okay, so as in your turn games will not allow you to be abandoned <laughs> with the transition of ownership. Oh, that was perfect, John. That was perfect. I love that. <laughs> I'm I'm going to be honest with you. Um, 
there was a question that that kind of developed as you were talking because you mentioned that, uh, and we're getting ready to wrap up here. But let me ask you this as a final question before we before we wrap up. Um, you mentioned we, and you mentioned that your wife is heavily involved and that you want her to be involved and you're making decisions with her. And that's the, I guess, the DNA of what the business is going to mean to you and your family. How the heck did you get your wife to like, my wife fusses at me for (laughs) buying cards. You got your wife with twin 17 month old, I believe you said daughters to agree for you to up and purchase an entire <laughs> business revolving around redemption. And then you're driving in June. So so look at the timeline uh, here. In June, you're driving down to Florida. Yes, And sir. then you're coming back. And then shortly, you know, after that, um, you've got nationals to where you're going to be going away again. And it's just – what what kind of dirt do you have on your wife? <laughs> you, you, you talked her into this. Oh man, no, you, I mean, you're right, John. I mean, I am so blessed that not only is she, you know, accepting or okay with this. I mean, she has been fully supportive, um, you know, and, and what can I even say about that? Right. I mean, I, I'm just so thankful that, that she is, um, because of course, you know, making this sort of a business decision to purchase, your turn games. I mean, if she was not on board, it was not going to happen. Right. I mean, if, if we weren't on the same page, that was going to be a mistake. And, and Derek, it, you know, this kind of goes back to showing, you know, his heart for it too. When we had that first conversation that I mentioned earlier, that was within 30 minutes of him, him sending that message through discord, you know, he said, you know, really you need to make sure Kelsey's on this call because she needs to hear this too. And, and of course, I was like, you, you're exactly right. And this is going to be a joint conversation, a joint venture. So she needs to hear this. So she was involved from the very first conversation with Derek through, you know, she's not been on every single phone call, but she's been with the conversation the whole way. She has been fully supportive, um, you know, and obviously, I mean, I can't give her enough credit. I mean, with the transition we've got with me preaching here coming up in July and just kind of the life changes we have going on. Man, I mean, she she has been not only behind me but beside me the whole, every step of the way, and, and I'm just so thankful for that. Um, I just can't say enough about her. Um, I'm I'm so blessed and so thankful that that she is supporting us in this. And you know, just a couple real quick examples um, to kind of illustrate the point. I guess uh, we were talking about you know the homeschool convention, and you know, should we do this? Should we not do this? Um, should we really kind of give this a try? It's, it's kind of an unknown. It's a risk, right? Uh, we've not done an event like this, of course, you know, Derek's not done an event to this magnitude. And so we were both on the fence and I said, you know, what way are you leaning? And she could have easily said, you know, I I don't think we should do it. You know, we, we need to, we need to focus on other things. And she said, I'm leaning towards that we do it. Um, and so I said, okay, well, if you're leaning towards, we do it, then I'm leaning towards, we do it. So, that's just one example. And then as we've talked about how we can tag team this, you know, she talked about helping me inventory the cards, helping with, you know, kind of the social media presence and in that aspect. And so, um, man, what else can I say about her? Uh, I love her more than words can say and can't thank her enough for being supportive in all this. It's, uh, it's no surprise that the process started with Derek, making sure that she was involved and on board because that's the type of guy he is. But as much as as much as you've acknowledged it, 
Um, you definitely have a good one. And I think that I could say that I speak for the entire community. So you can actually, whenever you're listening to the podcast, whenever it goes live, you can just share this with her that we as a community, thank you for letting Andy purchase the business, <laughs> you and you and him. And because your turn games feels a very unique spot for the gaming community of redemption. And that's not a knock on any other retailers, but but Derek has made sure that he's laid a solid foundation to where he's carved out to where the easiest place to direct a new player a lot of times is his business, Your Turn Games, because you've got the Challenger decks, the Contender decks. You've got, um, not that I think that they actually sell much, but you do see the latest National Champion uh, decks from Type 1 listed on there you've got the sealed product you've got the grab bags and and things of that nature so it's and it's a it's a a well-presented site and i just think that when derek mentioned selling that i believe that there was a lot of um conversations whether people wanted to air those out um i guess in the public eye of concerns of okay who are we going to get as the new owner of this and we really hope that it sticks around because it fills that unique spot and after talking to you on this conversation and hearing how you and your wife are in lockstep for the future of your turn games i am put at ease as a a regular customer for redemption that has made several purchases with your turn games and i think that everyone that's listening to this podcast is probably in that same mind frame that we're appreciative of the fact that you guys are going to be the new owners and we're really looking forward to supporting you as you continue to support the game of redemption and what the community is as a whole. Thank you, John. I, I really, really appreciate that. And, and, you know, to your point too, um, when we talked about buying your turn games, we looked at it, you know, not only in the aspects I've already talked about, but as a responsibility, you know, there, there's a responsibility that comes along with owning your turn games for all the reasons you just described. Um, it does serve a unique role in the community. Um, you know, I think Three Lions Gaming serves a unique role in the community. Um, they really are sort of, in some ways, the engine that makes a lot of it go. You know, if you don't have those resources available to purchase, like you said, sealed products and singles and uh, the challenger decks, contender decks, all the things that, that are at your fingertips, um, you know, that that's going to be a roadblock to players developing or new players coming on board or kind of progressing through uh, kind of their, their development. And so it's a responsibility to own it. And we, we really considered that and took that very seriously. Are, are we, are we really going to have the capacity to do this uh, and do it right for the community and serve the community um, and we looked at everything and said, we're going to make it a priority. And so that's, that's what we plan to do. Um, we just cannot wait. Um, we're, we're going to try to be patient, you know, and, and, uh, and take care of our other responsibilities in the meantime, until the time's right that we can, uh, transition the business. Uh, but we just cannot wait. Uh, we cannot wait. We are so excited. Um, you know, and, and just being able to do something like this to get invited on the podcast have an opportunity to kind of share our story um, is just so cool. And this is just kind of a microcosm of the community. You know, it's, it's people helping each other, caring about each other, um, you know, looking out for each other and, and wanting to uh, kind of share what's going on. And so I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk about our story. And I know uh, the reality is too, um, you know, customers, you, 
not only have to talk the talk, you have to walk the walk. That's the only thing that's right. So we intend to, uh, to also walk the walk when it comes to serving our customers. Fantastic. So you are definitely more than welcome to join in the future. You didn't, you didn't perform too poorly on this. So <laughs> I think, I think, I think in the future, if you, you have some big plans for the business, we could have you on again, but I do want to thank you for, you know, jumping at the opportunity. I know it was kind of last minute planning, to have you on this week to kind of introduce you and your family and uh, all that's going to to encompass the the process of being the owners of your turn games from your end. Um, I want to thank Derek for going through the process and finding what sounds like the right person and and family to purchase the business for it to continue to thrive and be a um, resource for the community. So definitely want to thank you guys want to thank everyone that's listened. You got your bonus card, so make sure you tell your friends, hey, I got a spoiler that you don't have, and make sure you get those Lackey Grand Prix games in, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace. All right, thank you for sticking around. That is going to do it for the Michael Jordan episode of the podcast. Number 23 is now in the books want to thank Andy for coming on and sharing a little bit of the backstory for the acquisition of Your Turn Games and introducing us as a community to himself and his family and kind of talking about future plans and goals for the business of Your Turn Games. want to thank Derek for doing his due diligence to find the right buyer to continue to serve the community and carry the torch of what Your Turn Games represents to us as players. Also, want to Throw in another reminder to get your Lackey Grand Prix round five games in, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace.